Welcome back, Bella. Oh my God, we're so excited today. We have a very special guest today, Jorge Alvarez. Welcome, Jorge. Hi, no, that's the wrong one. Thank you. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. I feel like I feel like I'm in one of those Disney Disney cartoons where in the background they have all the different sound effects. Um, No, but thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Yes, thank you for joining us. So, you know, we've been working on this for a few months with you. Um, You were hard to get a hold of Jorge. A busy man. Um, and for those of you that don't know who he is, can you please share your social media with us? Where yeah, so my name... No, that's perfect. Perfect way to start. So my name is Jorge. My social on most platforms is I, Jorge Alvarez. It's inspired by the cartoon iCarly. Not cartoon. The show iCarly. My friend was always like, oh, when you start posting videos, you're going to be like iCarly. So I was like, well, let me make myself I Jorge Alvarez. Um, (laughs) On Twitter, I'm at I Jorge Alvarez underscore. Not really on there, though, but I have a YouTube channel coming soon. So keep an eye out. Oh, that makes me interested in what are you going to be sharing? Okay, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So, Jorge, I found you on TikTok. And Mm -hmm. the reason that I was so captivated by you is just the content that you post is very raw. You're very honest on TikTok. Mm. Um, I think you speak, you know, for many of the Latinos in the community, but you as a man sharing such vulnerable topics I want to kind of start there and then we'll kind of backtrack. I want to know mm-hmm. what made you to, you know, start sharing such deep conversations on the no, internet definitely. that could be so vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I honestly, I feel like lately when I've been asked this question, mm-hmm. it makes me do kind of like a double take on myself and I'm like, wait. Am I really sharing things that are that vulnerable? And I, I kind of have that, I guess, reaction because, you know, I have gotten so used to talking about what I talk about that it doesn't feel as vulnerable as it might be to the everyday Latino, if that makes any sense. Like if I turn around to my friend or my family member and I mention these topics, you mm-hmm. know, and I mentioned that I talk about them openly on the internet, they'd be like, what, why are you talking about that? Like. How do you talk about that? Yes. And so I have to remind myself of like the beauty in what I do. Um, And I honestly have been doing a lot of self-reflection on that, as I shared with you like moments ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say that this is all fueled by my experience in my Latino household, being raised by my mother predominantly, who was the more who was the more emotionally responsive one, the one having these more lengthy conversations with me. And you know, though she has been such a big caretaker and influence in who I am today in so many great ways, I also realized, I feel like when I began having these conversations and realizing the need for them, that it, one of the biggest weak or pain points, I guess, was the fact that these conversations weren't being had anywhere, right? So when I was at my lowest point in reflection, right? Not then, but in looking back, I'm like, one of the things that could have changed the game for me if what would have been if I had seen someone who looked like me having these exact same conversations or heard these conversations being had. And so that's kind of why I'm here. I know you said we're going to backtrack it, but no, I, no, I already no, that backtracked was, that. Was, that was perfect. No, because yeah. what you said, yes, yes, that's 
also one of the reasons why I created Embracing My Markings um, mm-hmm. because I wanted to have these conversations. Is I think we are the generation that is breaking those generational curses. We're the yeah. generation mm-hmm. that is healing. We're the generation that is having to now deal with years and years of things that have not been addressed at all. And like yeah. you said, having to do it on the internet where it's very vulnerable, family does not understand. I've gotten a lot of backlash from my family, actually. Of course, yeah. Um, I've gotten more support from strangers on the internet. But I'm like, you know what? As long as one person hears us and understands that they're not alone, I've done my job. Exactly. That That's the whole purpose. But speaking on your, you know, how you were raised with your mom, um, it seems like your dad was also in the picture. Absolutely. Yeah, he was into the, he was in the picture all the way up until I left for college. So until I was 18. So practically my whole my whole uh, life, yeah. I'd say. Um, but he was very much he was very much, you know, especially towards the later years of my like the later teenage years um, detached from a lot of like family what would have been family you know activities and events etc and i feel like that also played a big role into a lot of what i could share um so i'll hold on to that but yes he was in the picture oh okay okay now uh, where did you grow up yeah so i was born and raised um in jersey new jersey oh new jersey i have a cousin out there i have a cousin out there. oh wow love that wait where are you from um i'm in california san diego I'm telling you, every Latino I've met <laughs> has been from from California. I'm like, I just need to move over there. I, yes. It's so funny. But, oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? Honestly, we live like in our own little world. <laughs> my cousin yeah. moved out there. She moved out there because her husband's in the military. And so mm, okay. um, she got stuck over there. But she's like, I miss <laughs> Kelly. And I'm like, yes, we miss you, yeah. too. Um, but yeah, so born and raised in San Diego over here. Now, obviously, you had a completely different, you know, upbringing being in the East Coast. How was mm-hmm. it growing up? You know, did you, were you raised around? Are you Mexicano, Puerto Ricano, Dominicano? Um, yeah, Boricua y Cubano. So, yes, Ooh. Puerto Rican from my mom's side and Cuban from my dad's. Mm-hmm. The best of both worlds. Look at you. I know, right? That I should be, awesome. I should be a salsa king out here, but I still need to learn a few things. <laughs> that's for sure. Okay. But I always, I always tell, say that to my parents. That's the one thing. That's the one not curse that I really want to learn and carry on okay. because it is, it is a beautiful thing yes. to like dance salsa the way that my parents did. Um, but yes, born and raised in New Jersey, as you just mentioned, and, you know, growing up, honestly, my my community, at least the community I was in predominantly, mm-hmm. especially through elementary all the way through high school, um, was a pretty diverse neighborhood, pretty diverse area. Um, now, I, I do want to highlight that I went to this charter school, so it wasn't it wasn't like a town school, like different students, different people from different you know towns went to my school. Oh. So that's what kind of contributed to that environment. Um, but I will say it was looking back, definitely a privilege to have other people have a number of people who looked like me or who at least resembled me in my community. And I'd say that, you know, even though a lot of what I talk about now is to our community, to Latinos, I wasn't raised in like a, a Latino rich um, community. So 
when I say the people who look like me, I'm talking about, you know, people of color, minorities, yeah, like yeah. on the grand spectrum. But in my experience, I never really found myself in settings that were very, you know, like the strong pride that a lot of that a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. sub communities in our culture have, um, which is something that I always like wanted. I always desired having that big family, that typical stereotypical, you know, big family feel. Mm -hmm. And as an only child and as someone who doesn't come from, you know, that type of family dynamic either, I feel like all those different lived experiences tie into why I am so passionate about building the community that I have been now. Mm -hmm. So it's yes, because of all the things that I'm going to get into in just a moment, but yeah. It's also because I'm creating the community that I feel like I never really had, especially growing up. Wow, that is powerful because I can 100%. I, I mean, yes, I grew up around Latinos. It, we were very versified and everything. But mm -hmm. I wish I would have embraced my roots a little bit more. I wish right. there was more people that looked like us on the screens, you know. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we, we didn't have that. Other than just, you yeah. know, watching tele telenovelas, like that was it. That's as far as we got, exactly. you know, to feel identified. And maybe that's why, you know, I'm very dramatic. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, oh my God, this is amazing. Okay. And then you mentioned you're an only child. Do you feel like yeah. that uh, that was a, how was that experience? Like, was that a negative? Did you see that as a negative? And now do you appreciate it or, you know, vice versa? Mm -hmm. No, honestly, I growing up, I, I would always have a lot of moments where I was like, oh, I wish I had a sibling. You know, I remember asking my parents for a sibling for Christmas and Santa forgot it, um, <laughs> as, according to them. So, yeah, that's something that I always was, you know, really looking forward to. Um, but I think as, as I grew up, I not only had my parents who did a good job at like throwing me into opportunities and into spaces where I could keep busy. Mm -hmm. um, so for instance, like they would get me involved at the Boys and Girls Club to like play sports or like I'd be involved at, in like school sports just to, you know, do something. Even when I was younger, my mom had me in, in Taekwondo as well, just to like mm -hmm. have something going on for me. Yeah. Um, but I would say as I kind of got older, Um, especially like middle school, high school years, I found myself spending a lot more time with myself. So video games became a big part of my life, you know, as every teenage boy goes through that stage. And, you know, I, I feel like that was also a time where I unknowingly was, ex was observant of a lot of the dynamics that were unfolding daily in my household. Mm -hmm. But the way that I made sense of them then weren't how I made sense or not how I have made sense of them now. So to kind of add on to that, you know, being an only child has, I feel like has a lot of pros, obviously. Um, I can chat about my experience there, but I think what's most relevant is again, I grew up in a space where it was just me, my mom and my dad. Yeah. And as the only other person outside of my parents' relationship, that meant similar to older children who I know always relate to this part of my experience, I had to become like that, that, Um, that go-to person for my mom, right? When things wouldn't be as great with my dad. You know, I'd be that that emotional, like, regulator with my parents, always kind of watching their dynamics, watching how they interacted, seeing why someone got frustrated, why this person responded the way they did. And, you know, I became, like, almost 
almost like a middle person, even though my parents never felt like I was, I definitely mm-hmm. was like present there and always in the mix because it was literally just me and them. And even when, you know, I would like lock myself away and play video games, you know, they would get into an argument. I feel like uh, middle school, high school, Jorge was very much listening to what those arguments were about. Mm. And so there was a lot that I feel like I've obse- I observed in those years that, again, I hadn't realized how they had shaped me fast forward into college when I began what I call now my healing journey. And when I started to really invest in my wellness and unpack a lot of the things that I that I experienced and understand how I internalized, you know, certain emotions in those moments. So I feel like being an only child had definitely like made me have to be more observant in my own household, if that makes any sense. Yes. No, yes. And in a way, I'm I'm I kinda don't want to touch more on that because I have one son. <laughs> he's yeah, an only yeah. child. And yeah. some of the things that you're saying, you know, he's expressed to me that's how he feels. And I'm like, oh my God, yeah. no, like I don't want to break you. Like if you're gonna be, <laughs> you know, if yeah, you're gonna yeah, have yeah. some type of traumas, don't let it be my traumas or like what we go yeah. through, you know. And so we've been working on that because it is it's definitely hard to raise just yeah. one child. And like you said, mm-hmm. even if you are like you know one of four or you know how big your household is that Mm -hmm. first one is always the one that carries basically the whole family on their shoulders yeah yeah Um, exactly so wow Jorge okay now you said that your father was you know in your life up to or he was around up to when he was or you were 18 going off to college did did he pass away and I'm so sorry if you don't want no, to go no, in no. deeper. This is a great question. No, no, I'm very open about this. So, okay. um, especially for anyone tuning in, hello. Uh, I talk a lot about this on my, you know, in my videos very openly, <laughs> as Maribel mentioned earlier. Um, and so, these are new conversations, and I'm very, always very happy to have them. But yeah, no. So my dad, when I turned 18, he and my mom throughout my high school years were their marriage just was very rocky so when i turned 18 it was almost an opportunity for my dad to be like okay well my son and this this is a has been a big played a big role in my own you know my own interpretation of what it means to be a man and and a lot of my own healing which again i will touch on but my father was at this point where he's like okay well i did it my son's off to college i'm good to go now like you know my his wife his wife aka my mom mm-hmm. my, his uh i'm trying to speak from my dad's perspective <laughs> you know his mom and i his mom and i you know aren't doing the great the greatest with our marriage he's going on into the world i think this is the time for me to step away i feel like that's definitely where my dad was coming from but then you know young jorge going to college also going through some some things in my life i feel like that for me it felt very much like he was even though i was also going away it also felt like he was you know, like abandoning me at the time, mm. um, which was one of the many things that at that time were really impacting me mentally, um, in addition to being in an abusive relationship at the time. And, mm. you know, also being a first gen student going to college, you know, his presence and, and even though him and I weren't necessarily like besties and we would speak every single day, his presence not being there anymore at home, if I did choose mm-hmm. to go home, definitely played a big role so that's how um my father's presence kind of connects to 
to what I have yet to dive into. Yes. Um, you know, I never really understood. Um, and this is why it's also very important for Embracing My Markings to have men come on our platform. We love our men. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Doesn't matter, you know, what you what you identify as or nothing like that. I, you know, and I don't just want to just pin it. But if you grow sure. up... <clears throat> <clears throat> I'm so sorry. <laughs> if you grow up as a guy, you know, you really need your father there. There's no time mm-hmm. that, like you said, like the, the fact that he was like, well, 18, he's going off to college. Like, Yaki, my, my job is done. Bye. Yeah, exactly. It's mm-hmm. like, no, your job is really never done because you still need exactly. to, you know, kind of guide him through manhood because 18 is yeah. not really an adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, technically it is, but to me, it's like, wait, what about, you know, when I start dating? What about when, you know, what if I have a kid? What if when I graduate exactly. college, like, I want you to be able to be there, even if it's co-parenting correctly with my mom, both of you cheering me on from the side. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Especially yeah. because your world was just you three. So exactly. Breaking yes. that world was like... And, well, yeah, and and then like you said, first generation in college—that's a mm-hmm. whole other. I mean, we can be here for hours, which we're oh, not going to do. But <laughs> we could, you know. There's just so much that goes into it. Um, but right. I, I love it. Now I know that you're very open, also on your TikTok, um, with you know finding spirituality and healing yourself what really guided you towards that or when did you notice that there was that need for you no definitely so this is this is a great question to start connecting the dots and the seeds that i've been planting Mm -hmm. um and all the different things that i just brought up so my healing journey as i refer to it and i also want to say something that i i processed with myself like i didn't really have a conversation with anyone that led me to this, I guess, the identification of what the word healing specifically means to me, I kind of mm-hmm. just like did this myself and I want to share that with everyone, yes. is that, you know, when I started to embrace and prioritize my mental health, uh, and, and as all these years passed by, basically it's been four years, I'd say, since I truly began what I call my healing journey now, I, I realized again that referring to investing in my mental health, referring to embracing my spirituality and exploring what that means for me, all is summarized by this word healing. And I love the word healing because I feel like when you mention healing to people in our community, to other Latinos, people of color, whoever's tuning in, and I'm sure you all resonate, healing sounds like this very freeing word, this very like exciting, opportunity or journey and I I realized when I was talking about my mental health and and, and what healing is for me today the only thing that really like people would truly resonate when I would say healing versus when I mentioned mental health and that's a big 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 part of what I'm about to get into because you know I never really viewed my mental health journey as a spiritual journey as healing again what summarizes all of this mm-hmm. um for me or you know as taking care of my physical health as all these literally just a lifestyle um mm-hmm. but once i kind of came to that conclusion it helped me speak to you and speak to people like us so much more easily because healing is so much more attractive than saying let's talk about our mental health today 
So I just want to like throw that out there. That's just something no, yes. interesting that I reflected on. Yes, I a hundred percent agree. And I think a lot of people don't understand there is some type of like romanticizing of the word healing, you know, and everybody's mm -hmm. using it nowadays. Mm -hmm. But they really fail to mention how hurtful it can be. And exactly. what a long process it can be. There's no Exactly. There's no right or wrong timeline. There's no right or wrong way to do it because you have to find it, it's personalized. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm -hmm. maybe the way that I heal is very different from the way that you're healing. Maybe you've right. been on your journey way longer than I've been on mine. You know, it, there's really no white and black. Like there's there's yeah, just, yeah. there's no one way. <laughs> Put it that no, way. No, for sure. So I no, exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, and that's that's again why I've been so as I start to talk and as I start to you know share my journey, why I find it important to use the word healing because again it captures the whole experience for me, mm -hmm. right? I can talk about my mental health and I can talk about my spiritual journey and I can talk about my physical health and I can talk about all of you know the roadblocks that you might encounter along the way that are especially very common for you know our culture. Um, as separate individual conversations, but I feel like healing allows me to capture all of that. Because like you said, healing is an active process and that includes the loneliness, that includes the guilt, that includes the shame, that includes all these negative feelings that we typically try to shelter mm -hmm. um, because it's important to dissect and unpack those. So I'll definitely um, get into that a little bit more, but I wanted to throw that out there for everyone because you know, if you ever come across any of my content or if you're ever speaking with anyone else in, you know, any other Latino or person of color, you will like, you will see, you will notice how much easier it is to talk about healing than it is, oh, your mental health and your anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, because like you said, it is more, people are understanding what that word means more, but it is important to highlight what you just did. But to answer your question, yeah, so for me, my healing journey really started off in June 2018. June 2018 was the end of my first year of college. Okay. Um, and after my first year of college, I, at that point, was in a uh, very new relationship that had began in April, so just a few months prior. Okay. And my um, my girlfriend today, who is who I met then, was just starting to uh, utilize our campus at Rutgers University, our campus's um, counseling center services. Okay. And, you know, she went for the therapy, for therapy period. Um, and, you know, at the time, I never really had any exposure to conversation around mental health, like at all. Mm -hmm. um, but my girlfriend was really pivotal in that, you know, her and I really bonded over a lot of these feelings of anxiety and stress when we first met and so when she started she was like oh she just kind of like plugged it to me like oh you know i started this thing maybe you should check it out i spoke with someone today it was pretty helpful i was like okay yeah i mean i'll check it out like it was very casual like i <laughs> i almost didn't know what i was setting myself up for you oh, know i'll be okay. very blunt like i was okay. like i was just like i was just like yeah sure I'll, I'll talk to someone that that might help you know i thought about it very much like a doctor's visit rather than like what therapy became for me, which mm -hmm. I'm still doing till this day, right? Um, and so it started in June 2018, but as I mentioned earlier, the seeds that I planted for all of you, um, a lot of the things that kind of contributed 
to June 2018 being this pivotal moment and what you know my life looked like thereafter was me realizing what my childhood meant and did and you know what that looked like and how it shaped who I am today um it was a lot of me confronting you know all of the beauty that you know my my mother especially um had implemented and all the wonderful things she taught me while also again realizing or the word I use confronting the fact that she can still cause unintentional harm because that's just the human thing that like that's part of who we are especially because there is no perfect parent that is the reality right um and it was also me very much in that moment or in that time of my life processing a lot of the more recent trauma so that being my dad you know leaving the picture which like you said that be that being my dynamic my whole life i didn't realize how much that was messing me up through college through my first year of college especially mm-hmm. um i was in an abusive relationship that i had um finally escaped earlier that september so 8 months prior to april i believe yeah um and so there were a lot of things happening in my life and a lot of ongoing events that i was processing and so june 2018 was me confronting all of that and finally taking the step to get help which again i credit my girlfriend to entirely because honestly if she hadn't recommended it i don't know how i would have come across it or even decided to take that step for myself so i'll, I'll pause there <laughs> and you know what sometimes people are just put in our lives to make those changes you know obviously yeah. she came mm-hmm. into your life at a perfect time um and introduce you to that whether she meant it or not has she ever told you if she actually meant to do that or it was yeah, just yeah, pure coincidence yeah we've always spoken about that no it was just yeah it was just pure coincidence like she was like okay hey i'm going to try this out maybe i'll just you know recommend it to him too because he might benefit but she also didn't know what she was signing herself up for oh, either like we i don't we, think <laughs> i don't think none yeah. of us do like especially because no. in in you know the latino culture going to therapy that's not a thing that's not yep, something nope. that we know what it's about you know at least in mexican culture because i'm i'm mexican oh, my, yeah. my parents are from mexico um they're like you know los terapistas están más locos que tú and i'm yeah. like you know okay because i have two cousins that are actually psychiatrists and mm-hmm. you know they have a really messed up life and i'm like well the that doesn't you know i'm not there to find out about their life i'm there to yeah. figure out my own cuz they know the tools that i can use um yeah yeah but wow jorge that's amazing now are you still in college or are you are you done with college no so i actually recently graduated december so oh, i'm officially yes thank you thank you and i appreciate it so much yes oh my god so what did you study Yeah, so I studied public health um and biological sciences for much of the time. Uh two separate things, right? Mm-hmm, I was mm-hmm. biological sciences was my minor, but I was on the pre-med track. So, funny that you mentioned psychiatry because my goal um for the last four and a half years at least was to pursue psychiatry. That was kind of uh, a, a big part of my undergraduate experience in my own like why mental health was so interesting to me there was yes. a lot of crossover between career interests life experiences and 
and everything in between. <laughs> As it is, it's very hard. It's very hard picking a major and sticking to it. I mean, I oh, definitely yeah. am not doing what I went to school for. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I could understand that. Now, when you first begin, I'm still trying to kind of track, you know, you coming onto the internet. Were you surprised by the attention that you got or, you know, how many people you reached out to? Because you have a significant amount of following already. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great. That's a really great question. So, you know, you just made me have a flashback. When I started therapy in June 2018, um, it was maybe a couple of months after going into, I'd say up to December 2018. Yeah, up to December 2018. So from okay. s somewhere in between that time period, I had actually began posting to my then different Instagram account, a lot about my mental health. So when I started, you know, investing in my mental health and doing a lot of learning and a lot of having a lot of realizations and really investing a lot of energy into it, the content I started to consume on social media was also very mental health, right? I was getting a lot of those different Instagram, like infographics then, um, yeah. which now you don't see as many of, but you know, I, I would repost them to my story. I would go on, on my story and I would share, oh, about to go into therapy. And <laughs> I did that, you know, very spontaneously. Like, yes, it felt uncomfortable, but I did that because I think I posted once or twice about just some of the things I was learning. Like, you know, I would just post something to my mm -hmm. story and then like, like a add like text over it. And I'd get multiple people engaging who I either knew in person or didn't really know like that. But the point was, I was like, wow, like people are reaching out to me. And, you know, I did that for a couple of months really early on when I started therapy and I was like really excited. And, you know, it was, again, mostly people I knew. It was just yeah. on my Instagram, you know, just over a thousand followers, people from high school and college, nothing special. So it wasn't anything that was uh, discoverable, but I kind of almost in a way, now that I think back to it, got like a, a sample to the demand, right? For these conversations. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I quickly, funny enough, I actually completely deleted that Instagram because I got to a point where I realized, okay, I don't have the energy for this on top of school, on top of everything. And so I deleted my Instagram to limit distraction, but also I feel like I, I went into sharing my journey too quickly back then. Mm. Like I, I wasn't ready, you know, I, I needed to do some of that meat processing before I started to like help others and share that journey. You know, sometimes things need to things need to happen with you and for you by yourself before you like let people in. And yes. I feel like I let people in a little too quickly. Uh, oh. So I wasn't entirely surprised. Fast forward, you know, to more recently, um, these last couple of months, because I started my TikTok really posting in April. So okay. I wasn't entirely surprised to see the response, but I also was because it's been so long since I spoke about what I did and especially framed it very specifically to Latinidad and talking again to BIPOC in general. And so when I started, when I had that, like my first video go viral in Ju this past June, 2021, um, I was, I was overwhelmingly surprised by the engagement. And the conversation that was ensuing in my comments. So 
yeah, I wasn't surprised, but I also was kind of both both sides of the coin there. I mean, I can see that. I can see that. And I, I 100% agree. If you're not ready, you're just not ready. And sometimes you jump into it too soon. And even though, you know, you might be getting the traction that you were kind of hoping for, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, let me step back a little bit. I've done that before. Yeah, yeah. I've done that before yeah. where I've shut it down and I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Because you kind of <laughs> get scared inside. Yes, um, yes, exactly. Because it's it's a very vulnerable place to be at. Now, Definitely. have you had um, any experiences with somebody reaching out and saying, like, you help me out? Like, what is your most, you yeah. know, best moment that you've had with somebody that you connected with maybe yeah definitely so um so yeah so again in april was when i started to really really post and my first video related to anything latino which is such a broad umbrella Mm -hmm. but um pointed at people like us period Mm -hmm. um was in june and after June, I had back-to-back videos doing really well, um, specifically talking about, you know, things pertaining to healing. So I've spoken about five things I internalized growing up in a Latino household, which is a series I'll re- be, I will be rebooting soon <laughs> because I learned so much since then that I kind of want to redo it. Um, I also did, you know, five things I learned in therapy that I think you should know and I wish I knew earlier. Um, and I would like stitch videos and just talk about my experience and through that time period, because I, I was really active in the summer because, you know, I had the time. Of course. Um, but through that time period of like this just exponential growth of my community, I had so many beautiful messages that honestly, I'm happy you asked that question because over these last couple of months, when I've been really in my head about what am I talking about? Should I do this? Should I do that? I had to kind of ground myself and I was able to do that because I remembered those comments. Mm-hmm. I remembered the impact that like my voice and my words were having. And that really grounded me today um, and has been a big source of motivation as I'm navigating what life looks like today. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that I, th- one of the individuals that really stands out to me, um, don't, I won't say her name for the no, sake no, of, no, you know, confidentiality. No, you don't have to. No, no, but, no. Um, you know, I had to, I had to check myself because I was like, Dude, can I? But anyway, <laughs> no, she no, no. was, she was amazing. Like she reached out and she was just like, hey, you know, um, really, really love your content. And like, this is what it means to me. And this is like some, this is a question I have for you. And, you know, over the course of the next couple of months, she would always tune into my lives and long story short she ended up telling me that she started therapy because of me and that was a huge deal and and why i am speaking to this person specifically is because she may not be the she's not the only one who says she started therapy or has like you know really invested in therapy since coming across my content which that that alone is like wow yeah but she specifically this person stands out to me because we still interact over social. She's still very much engaged with my content and very much invested. And, you know, I've received updates from her and it's amazing to see the growth and the progress she's made. And when she reminds me in any capacity that I've contributed to, you know, kind of being any sense of motive, like any any motivation to that, it really does like, wow. Like it, it means so much. Oh my God, so, yeah. that would... Oh, se me hizo la piel chinita. Like, that is so... Oh, I mean, 
because sometimes you know i think it could be very discouraging when we when we first start putting ourselves out there on social media um Definitely. i i've been on and off and especially because i'm a mom you know i'm a little yeah. bit older i'm still learning how to do things mm-hmm. um i have a job you know yeah i'm a wife like i just have so many things going on and i haven't been as consistent as i need to but the few moments that i've had the good feedback it feels so nice like okay this is going somewhere and it's just all about consistency but it's nice to see you know the labor or or the fruits of your labor i should say um yeah and most definitely when i found you i think it was around that time where you were talking about like therapy and you know the Mm -hmm. the common things in um hispanic households that i was like like who is this guy i need to know him like i want to meet him um you know and that's what has kept me tuned into your to your social media i follow i i don't follow you on instagram because i'm not really active on instagram um yeah i'm only active yeah but on tiktok jorge i'm there and i'm like liking all your videos and i'm always giving you views you know i appreciate Um, it so much because it's it's really nice like i just want to invite you know again everybody that's listening to us please go and check him out you know um even if you're not in that part of your process or you know if you know of somebody because when guys find those like i know my husband's on tiktok and sometimes he'll send me certain you know inspirational ones and i'm like oh you need to go follow this person if you like that you know (laughs) because for him um i remember i don't know if you knew the tiktoker voodoo I don't know if it sounds super familiar but feel free to share <clears throat> so he also would speak on men's mental health um i found him also on tiktok he actually ended up passing away in december but he was one um that you know we had the pleasure and the honor of having on our show and he talked about his childhood and he came and shared and you know really changed where embracing my markings was going because it used to be very different um and my husband was like he changed my life because of the content that he was sharing you know because he goes us guys we don't have that safe space to go to it's almost like if we don't exist you know we're not allowed to be sad we're not allowed to be vulnerable like that so definitely i'm i'm so happy that you've connected with those that you've changed you know even if it was just a minor little thing that you've changed in their lives i'm glad that you know about that because i mean it's very meaningful the work that you're doing um but enough about me chatting sorry i kind of go off sometimes Um, no no i actually no that's actually great i kind of want to comment there it's 100 percent to your husband's point like it's it's so true and again i know i've shared bits and pieces of my journey kind of chopped up so far here but the the thing that at every stage has inspired me to keep doing what i'm doing for myself and then also wanting to share that in some capacity with others because i do want to also preface you know or not preface but just add that tiktok wasn't necessarily the first wasn't necessarily the first place that i began practicing my vulnerability um or that i began to kind of share what i do today you know i was very active i was a very active uh advocate for mental health on my campus i rebooted one of the um 
one of the few, one of four mental health organizations on campus to grow to the largest like mental health organization on campus. You know, I spoke at an event with over 600 people, a TEDx style event on stage where I shared my, my, my story, but in a, a very raw, very real version of that story. And so I mentioned that because, you know, at every stage, when I decided to do that speech, when I would advocate on campus, all the way to now creating TikToks, I do so at the core because I haven't felt seen enough. You know, like there's a lot of men in the personal development space, mm-hmm. not mental health, not healing, not spirituality, but personal development, you know, mo- mindset, motivation. But one, a lot of them are white men. Two, mm-hmm. a lot of them talk about you know, their experiences. And then there's always a point that I get to and I'm like, oh, you have privilege that I didn't have. So I can't entirely relate to like how you navigated X, Y, Z. And so whether that be on campus, whether that be through TikToks and my, you know, soon to soon to be YouTube channel, I am creating these spaces because as your husband said, I need these spaces. Mm -hmm. And again, when I say I, I mean as a Latino, as a man, as a Latino man, as every intersection that I am, Yes. Um, they're needed, period. And so that's big, been one of the biggest motivations. In addition to your last question, you know, those stories and hearing people, um, hearing people's testimonies, I guess, and hearing them sh- like reach or having them reach out and DM me. And let me just plug this really quickly. DM your favorite creator right now, please. Like, <laughs> yes. don't don't be afraid. DM your favorite creator, even if they have 3 million followers and they never respond. DM them and tell them what they have done for you. If they've made you laugh, if they made you think about something a little bit more critically. Because it really does mean so much to all of us, right? To have those reminders, like you said, and to, and to realize that my words are not just being thrown into this huge void of, you know, the internet and TikTok and all these different platforms, but it's being heard, it's being received. And that is so important to me because again, you know, as I've gone through my journey these last four and a half years, I have struggled at so many points, you know, even even being, even when I felt like I was my best self to feel like I belonged and to feel heard and seen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and making sure that we're having these conversations and framing it from, you know, our perspective and speaking to our people is so, so important. So I'm 100% there with everything you said. Yes. And you know what? I kind of want to touch on on what you just said right now. Yes, Mm -hmm. please reach out to those that inspire you and let them know. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned that that TikToker Voodoo that just recently passed away in December. I, Jorge, I, I cannot tell you how thankful I was that it's recorded that I was able to record with him Uh, and in the interview that I had with him I tell him you are a legend you are an icon like and I wasn't just pumping him up just because he was on our show it's because his he really touched us like he really really touched us and you know a couple days before he passed away was the last interaction that I had with him and I was like bro you're amazing like you know and now i notice how important that was and i try to reach out to people and let people know and acknowledge people that i admire because you guys 
for those of you that are listening to us, it's so hard to sit in your house or be outside and be talking to your yeah. phone and not knowing who's listening. What yeah. is their perspective? Are they getting what you're saying? Like, it's very difficult to content create. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that's so easy. Anybody can, you know, grab the phone and <laughs> but it's not. It's not, no, especially it so when energy. you're. Oh my goodness, so much. You know, yeah. I I I wanna say I'm like an aspiring content creator, but I, I don't even think I'm there yet because it's a lot of energy, a lot of um consistency. It's way harder than what it seems. So anytime that I see somebody going as hard as you go, Jorge, I, I admire you. I, I truly do. Thank and you, I thank, thank you. you for trying to create that space because Knowing that my son is not going to grow up with, you know, those feelings that are not validated as a boy mom. I'm like, I want him to know that it's safe for him to express himself, that it's safe for him to feel those feelings. It's not a bad thing if you're sad. Express your sadness. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I want it and, and for his future kids or whatever, you know, I, I want it to be a safe space for everybody. Not only women, because oh, exactly. not only women go through things, men exactly, do too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. No, for sure. That's that's really powerful. And again, that's why. So first, I just want to say, if you create anything, you are a content creator, period. Like, <laughs> I, I actually have been, um, I, I had, I met, I met someone through TikTok. She's over in the UK, but oh, I, awesome. her and I have been going back and forth because she wanted to start a podcast and a YouTube channel. She wanted to have me as a guest. And I was like, yeah, like do it. And, you know. I, one thing I kept telling her was like, literally you making a TikTok, even if it was like for fun as like a joke and even has like 100 views, you created content, you're a creator. Like you claim that title because you are that. And I'm sure a lot of people watching this have had, or listening rather, have also felt like they wanted to share a part of their journey, part of their story. And let this be a reminder that you very much should because there needs to be more of us talking about our experiences. You know, mm -hmm. ever since creating, I've met Latinos who are um, working in finance and sharing their corporate journey. I've met people who are like quitting quit corporate and are, you know, sharing what they're doing now and how they're building their business. I've met like people who are therapists, like it's like yeah. everything. I'm, yeah. I'm like, you name it. And there is space for everyone. There is space yes. for everyone. And um, something that, I think has really been um, inspiring me lately is this quote that I heard on another podcast so long ago, but it was, there are no unique messengers. There, no, no, there are no unique messages. There are only unique messengers. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I love that because, you know, we can all sit here and share the same experience, the same story, but what makes it special, what makes it unique is that it's coming from you and it, you're the one telling it. So want to throw that out there. Um, and then to your second point, you know, I really, really do appreciate everything you just said, because like you said, when I look back, one of the things that I mentioned earlier, um, and I really do hold this close to my heart, is that my world and my life could have been very different had I had someone who looked like me to look to. Mm -hmm. And... I think that that's definitely something, not that I think, I know that that is something that I am actively um, keeping at, I guess, the forefront of my purpose and my mission is to be that for someone else. Yes. And 
you know, be the mentor, be this beacon of light that I knew I needed and I wish I needed, or I, I wish I had, you know? Um, and that's again, why me rambling about taking up space and like claiming that you're a content creator or, or putting your message out there is so important because Jorge alone is not going to reach all the people who need to hear, you know, my experience. Like there needs to be more of us who are taking up this space and like sharing our experiences, whatever that is. Um, yes. That's the only way we're going to continue to cause these like domino effects and these ripples that are going to have greater effects. Yes. And I hope, <clears throat> sorry, I hope moving forward, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, but I hope that we don't start gatekeeping with each other and that we truly unite, that we're not like these, you know, other influencers. I don't want to yeah. say any names or anything, but that start, you know, throwing things against each other. Because like you said, I think, I think everybody's unique in their own way. Will you mm -hmm. go and talk about in your, in your space it's not it might be very different for me i'm a girl i'm older mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's it's just completely different things that doesn't mean that you know i'm not gonna support you we need to support one another and i feel like there's already enough division in the world that then for us to kind of you know play tick and tack with other creators um so when That's i see part. creators collaborating when i see that i love it because i'm like yes yeah. like let's unite fuerte somos más you know together somos más fuerte sorry yeah, um yeah 100% but um hold on i wanted to um cuz you had just said something oh, i i lost my train of thought i'm so sorry um but yes, I, I agree with you 100%, Jorge. Now, I want you to tell us, you know, kind of rounding it up, what do, what can we expect from you, you know, in your YouTube channel? What are you going to be bringing us in your YouTube channel? Um, what are, are you offering anything right now at the moment um, other than social media? No, definitely. So to round everything up, um, you know, the reason why I was really excited for this conversation, which I mentioned just off camera for a moment, was because I've been doing a lot of reflection since I graduated in, I guess, figuring out how I want to start centering the work I've been doing, how I want to center creating and what I want that to look like. And I've struggled because, I, as you know, as we were talking about, I've definitely gotten in my head about, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I talk about this? Should I not talk about this? Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately what i've finally through my own reflection these last couple of months as i was finishing up school and all those great things as well um <laughs> was that i really really aspire to always create in some capacity and i look forward to making space for that like indefinitely so whether i am a doctor or whether what i'm actually what i'm going to be doing is pivoting into you know let's say just a career in tech mm -hmm. but whatever it is that i end up doing my goal is to always be investing into my own community and have a platform for myself to share my experiences along the way i've always wanted to and TikTok and my 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 account the last almost year at this point has become the validation and the reminder that i should be speaking and I should be sharing my message. And so I look forward to continuing to do that. Um, I will say 
the last couple of months, I've bounced around with different topics that I wanted to talk about, but I'm really excited to really get into again what my lived experience is now. So my lived experience now is living with my mom again, navigating that dynamic, you know, doing a lot of boundary work and a lot of self-reflection. So I'm going to be sharing a lot about that. Um, I actually have a video drafted that I've been a little bit nervous to post, but it's oh, about, no. you know, like just something that parents tend to say. It's the whole, I'm not going to get into it, but yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. tease it here. It's the whole, like when parents say, oh, you're just like other parent, you know, like the whole, mm. oh, you're just like your father. You're just like your mother. And I have, I have a lot to say there, but yeah, so I plan on, on sharing things like that, right? Like not only oh, this is what happened to me, but this is how I've processed it. This is what I've learned. This is what it means for my own experience. Um, really dissecting what it, what generational healing, breaking generational cycles means. Because like you said, healing is, now you're seeing it a lot in our community, but like, what does that mean, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it mean aside from taking time for yourself and self-care and self-love? It means having these difficult conversations. And I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to continue to bring that to the table. Um, please, one of my, please. Like, re please. <laughs> yeah, of course. We love one you, Jorge. <laughs> like, really well-performing videos in January was me talking about um, why I hung up on my mom. And, and you know, so things like that, <clears throat> having that conversation. And then my YouTube channel is going to be me really digging into that. What I'm going to literally be doing is use TikTok as a... Um, like almost like a Pinterest for my YouTube channel. So oh, okay. TikTok is going to be where I share, you know, whatever I want to share. But ultimately, it's also how I'm going to be funneling people to my YouTube channel, where then I'm going to be using like all of your feedback on my videos to say, OK, what do people want to have a 10 minute video on? Mm -hmm. So let's say the one about hanging up on my mom and boundaries with my mom, my Latina mom. That did really well. So I'm going to go on my YouTube channel and talk about that for 10 minutes, but break down all of my thoughts, not just a fraction of my thoughts that yeah, TikTok it, it allows me to do. 60 seconds. I mean, you give <laughs> us like a little preview. So it's almost going to be like a little preview of, you know, the whole conversation that we can have with you on YouTube. Exactly. I love And what's going to be exciting is that like you're all going to be guiding that conversation. So it's like I'll literally look at my videos from the summer and be like, all right, let me build a database of like, what are all the things people want to talk about? So that's collectivism in our cultures and how that yes. plays a part in guilt. That is, again, like what we've internalized and how we internalize those things growing up. So I'm really excited to do that and kind of expand to different platforms. I'm going to be doing the same on Instagram. I'm going to be more active there where I show more of myself beyond healing and mental health. Instagram is going to be because it's a little bit more, you know, day to day, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I guess, uh, savvy. I'm going to be, you know, sharing kind of like behind the scenes of a lot of the things I'm doing. Yes, so, yeah. please do. Because you know yeah. what, that's, I think that's a great, like, that's just awesome because you're giving us a little bit of something everywhere. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I love it. I love it, Jorge. Oh, my God. Yeah. Please, bellas and my handsome men listening, please, 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 please go check out Jorge. Jorge, one more time, please let us know where they can find you. On social media. Yes, yes. So you can find me at I Jorge Alvarez, and I'd be happy to have a conversation. Just feel free to message me, DM me on Instagram or anywhere, and I will always make space to have conversations while I can because that's something I'm really looking forward yes. to. Yes, he's so, very reachable. Really looking forward to it because we've been in communication, <laughs> yes. and I apologize again, Jorge. I I just got covid over the weekend and i've been a mess my poor co-host is not here i know she would have loved this conversation um yeah yeah 
and my whole team is down <laughs> but um <laughs> but thank you so much Jorge for allowing us to you know get to know you a little bit better I am so excited to see what the future holds for you I hope you can come back you know for sure. whenever you want this is your platform um and yeah I please go follow him you guys don't miss out Yes, please. I'm looking forward to growing my family and reaching more people and having really, really great conversations. So thank you so much for everyone or to everyone for tuning in and, and listening. And I really look forward to, you know, meeting some of you. So thank you. Yes. And if you want to see his handsome face, I you should go over to YouTube, to our YouTube channel. <laughs> or you yes. can always just hit us up on our website, um, embracingmymarkians.com. Thank you so much, Bayez. We'll see you later. Bye. See you. Bye-bye. The conversation is never over. Please head over to embracingmymarkings.com to learn how you can join the conversation as well as to learn more about us. Don't forget to follow us on social media to never miss an episode. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at embracingmymarkings. We'll see you there.